Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. Rabia the mystic, an Islamic teacher from a very long time ago. And I deliberately choose those words. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. And you are okay. This is Mara. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that I've been setting up for a while, way before the riots began, prejudices. You're not going to go away from this program today, except I do believe in miracles, maybe you will, but you're not going to go away from this program today free of prejudgments about other people and things. But hopefully we will begin assembling a toolbox that will assist you in recognizing the light within you. Your ability to make a difference in realizing your voice and your behavior matters. Listen to the rest of Be Still Thy Soul, please. Let us each be one source of light and realize that there is something we can do. And then what we have a choice, we have to give up on the need to be right in favor of the need to be kind. 
that is the challenge. To me, that gives meaning to the words, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. It's how we talk. I don't need to interpret those words. I know some do, and I respect your right to do that. But I don't need to interpret them. I take them as they are. And I am working very hard that every time I allowed God my words to cross my lips, they are a reflection of the love and kindness that I know God to be. So for today, we're going to be talking about prejudice, prejudices, something that most of us have been told we don't have. In fact, I can remember my parents telling me exactly that in the same breath as my mom would say that people who are different from us should live in different places. Different from us creates the us and them mentality that somehow they're not as good as us. But let's go to a more basic level with prejudices, my friends, my listeners, and I thank you for joining me. Let's look at the fact that being prejudiced is somewhat human nature because it makes life simpler. So when you're a little kid, really little, you develop favorite things, whether it's a favorite toy, color, you develop favorites. When I was little, my favorite was wearing dresses. So my mom would put me in pants. I would climb on a chair and go into the closet and get a dress. That was my favorite. Now, how is that a prejudice? It's a prejudgment. If you ever want a basic reminder that you have prejudgments, open your refrigerator and look at the foods that you accumulate or your pantry if you have one. Open your closet and look at the clothing that you've accumulated. People don't have the whole rainbow of colors in their closets. But if they do, that's because that's their favorite colors. They've decided that they look good and they feel most comfortable with those colors. And we continue with this on an un, kind of an unconscious level with people. We have favorites that we like to be around. Maybe the favorite has nothing to do with skin color. It may have to do with how a person talks. They may use too many big words. You don't want to be around them because they think they're better than you. Or alternately, they speak with a twang. And you don't want to be around them because you're better than them. In other words, we have ideas about what is good and what is not good about other people. I think two or three weeks ago as we were leading up to this and amazes me how 
This is all put in sync. It's where we are today. Ever knowing the name of a man named George Floyd uh, or anyone else who has been tragically treated in the last two weeks. And I'm sorry, I should know all of the names I meant to write them down. I feel like I'm disrespectful if I don't. That's my self-judgment. But the thing is, very few people engage in self-judgment about their thoughts about other people. And in our lead-up to this, I believe I told you the story of my mother. A woman who got married when she was 16 years old and married and went with her 23-year-old husband to Ohio with a decided hillbilly twang and was proud to be a hillbilly, would say to people, I am a hillbilly, who dreamed of having a house she described to me once. And when they ended up getting six acres of land outside of Chico, California, and put a trailer on that land, that trailer became that house, even though it physically wasn't. She was one of those people who was blessed at seeing the best in the moment. And when she described it to me, it sounded like a palace on wheels. But what I noticed about my mother was her pride in that ownership. It somehow made her feel worthwhile and enough. And so whenever I would take her to places, and I did, my mom ate at a restaurant in Washington, D.C. called Galileo when Clinton was the president. And she was so proud when she learned that that was one of his favorite places to eat. I didn't know that when we scheduled it. A friend scheduled it. But it gave her a sense of worth to be eating at the same place that the president sometimes ate. But in any event, at that time and every time I took my mother to meet people, within a matter of minutes, she would say, I own six acres with a trailer on it. And she was so proud of that fact. And that made her worthy to be in the company of presidents and everyone else because she owned that land and that trailer. And praise God, she missed the shudder that went across so many people's eyes as they prejudged that statement and her value and her worth. She wasn't really worth their time. She wasn't really worthy of being in their presence. She wasn't really enough. They had already at some point in their life decided that people who lived in trailers were trash. And having been labeled white trash as a child, I knew that that was a painful reality that fortunately my mother did not recognize. Because it does affect the opportunities that are provided to you. But people had decided that. And that was their prejudice. 
Now, did they recognize they had the prejudice? Did they get in their cars and talk about Margaret's mother? No, of course not. Because they didn't know. They didn't pay attention to where they had allowed their mind to go in creating favorites and in deciding who was good and who wasn't. If you'll recall last week in the write-up for the program, I talked about the idea that I find it so interesting that even still, I guess it took about 600 years for the Bible to be written. So let's say 613 my math is terrible, 1,400 years ago when the Bible was written, we had um, the need to put down all of the Samaritans, but the good Samaritan, the one who acted in the way that someone else felt was right, the one who acted kindly, just like my mother, a kind, kind person who sometimes people rolled their eyes at. Or like when I first became a lawyer and I was brought into a law firm and the head partner said that he had told everyone he was never going to hire a woman lawyer. But I was the exception So he had decided women lawyers weren't good, except me, and I was the exception. That's so unfair to the bright people. That's so unfair to the people who speak with the twangs. That's so unfair because of the hardships that begin to be put upon a human being as they strive to be all they can be, as they just want to be equal. I can recall telling one of my bosses, I've been in public service in California, and one time I told them, I said, my strength and my weakness is that I don't think I am better than anyone and I don't think anyone is better than me. But that does not mean I don't have prejudices. Let me tell you. But what I have learned is as I came to unearth my prejudices by peeling the onion, so to speak, and looking at those things, those people, those events, those things that I write off easily. For instance, for a long time, just on the basic looking at clothes level, I wrote off all green clothes. I decided when I was 12 years old that I didn't look good in green, and so I never bought green until recently. Guess what, folks? Green is a good color for me. In my old age, once I set aside my prejudgment about what was my favorite thing, I recognized something good. So if you would put aside your prejudgments about twangs, about college degrees, about how people talk, about the kind of words they use, and just allow yourself to see the person, 
you will see that spark of light that be still thy soul tells us about. And we will, you will recognize that all that you need is within you. And what you need is to be kind and see more in others than they are showing you, not put them into groups of acceptable and unacceptable. As Pink Floyd said, us, 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 and them, 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 we're all just ordinary men. And yet we fight wars over this. We justify treating other people differently because they're not worthy of being treated with respect. And right now, we're having riots everywhere. And people are basically using the fact that there is property destruction to justify their prejudices against the core group that is demonstrating who for years, forever in the history of this country, has been treated as less than, has been treated that they need to know their place, has been treated as bad. But if you don't unpeel your own onion, if you don't look at yourself, you won't know that you have those feelings. You won't allow yourself to recognize that we are all part of the problem. A while, I lived with a black man. He wasn't a good man, and that's not because he was black. But what I noticed were the things that happened as a result of our union. We would go to basic restaurants, like in California, Jack in the Box, and without fail, I would suddenly have like a train of white men walking by, making eye contact with me. What was that about? It was about them thinking that they were better than him. Not that they wanted to be with me, but how dare I, dare I come into that establishment with a black man. On the other hand, we would go to the mall or we would drive in the car and this guy was good looking. I'm I'm not going to deny that. He was good looking and he had its moments. But we would go to drive in the car and young black girls would yell out the car windows at me telling me that they were better for him than me. So this is human nature, folks. We're not talking about something that just happens with a few of us. We all have favorites. We all have prejudices. We all prejudge because it makes life so much simpler. Then we don't have to think about how we're acting. We can just act on our prejudices. We don't have to think about being kind because we've already decided in our mind our kindness is unneeded for that group of people. We don't have to think 
about our words, how God is coming out of our mouth, because God would, of course, agree with us. After all, the Jews say they're the chosen people. God's favorite. But the Christians say they are God's favorite. And the Islamic faith says it is God's favorite. God doesn't need any favorites, folks. That's a human characteristic that we are putting on to a divine being that loves each and every soul on this planet. So God is crying right now, giving us a terrible disease as an opportunity for us to treat each other with kindness, love, and respect. Why is it such a big deal to wear a mask? God cries huge tears. And now man has erupted further and just basically killed before our eyes a person. And maybe that's the deal, folks. Before we became so internet savvy, not that I'm internet savvy, I have to be honest, but I do have an internet radio show, but we have become so internet savvy that we can see everything. This is not something they envisioned at the founding of this country. In order to get the election results from one part of the country to another, it would take months. Now it's a matter of hours and minutes. And we see it watching a television screen just as we saw George Floyd die. So now we have information God is putting for us. The data we need to start peeling back the onion and get to the core of our divine purpose, our divine light within us. We are in a situation where we can begin looking at ourselves. And how do you do that? With something that seems to be so natural and so accepted. Well, I guess we start looking at those people that we feel comfortable being with. And we start listening to those that we are with the most. And we start asking ourselves, do I really believe that? Do I believe that some deserve to be treated less than others? If the answer is yes, then you've got some work to do. Because whether you like it or not, you have identified a prejudice. And my friends, when you have a prejudice, it is better to identify it than not. Because by recognizing it, you have the opportunity to say, okay, I have this underlying feeling about this group of people. Another group could be fat people. Asian people, black people, Latina people, women, gay people, all of the various 
um, LGBTQT, all of that. Once you know you have feelings, that's not really the worst thing in the world. What is the worst thing in the world is to act on them, to discriminate, to treat differently, to think that it's okay for someone to be treated less than you. Personal inventory. That's harder said than done. It really is. I know things, I know groups that I have and I have to be careful with. I will be honest, I do. That I might, I think I told you one last week. You know, I think, I hope that that has gone to the wayside. But the situation is, Doing a self-inventory, a personal reflection is good. Finding out what prejudices are is good. And then beginning to ask yourself, why do I believe this? And am I acting unconsciously on these thoughts? Who are my favorites? Why? Are those reasons based on merit or some characteristic of negativity? So everyone who is in your favorite group is good and everyone who is not in your favorite group is them. How often do you use that word, them? Now, granted, in regular speech, it's an appropriate word. But the question you need to ask yourself is, why am I categorizing some people as worthy and some as not? That is the beginning of letting go of your prejudices. Because let me assure you, everyone who is listening here today has prejudices. You may walk away still having those prejudices, and you may die still having those prejudices, but if you are aware of them, you are less likely to act on them. If you admit them to yourself, When you look in the mirror, what you say to yourself, you know. We may develop all sorts of stories to explain and justify. Look at those stories. What words are associated with making some people less than you? Why are you more in the eyes of God? Why does God need favorites? Why? Why can't it be on a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God? In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted. 
amidst the sparks of the flames. Behold only God. Why do we have such a hard time recognizing that it's all God? God is everything or God is nothing. Because who would get to decide what isn't God? Not us. Not us. We are God's children, but we do not get to decide who isn't a child of God. We don't get to decide what is right about God's creations. If a child prefers the same sex partner, or if an adult does, if an adult prefers the splendor of dark skin. Who are we to say that God didn't create that person with a divine purpose, just like God created us, each and every one of us? If you can imagine it, it's like an assembly line coming down the pike, waiting to be born, a unique divine soul with a unique purpose. And then God stays with that being the whole time to keep their eye on the ball. And sometimes they lose sight of the ball. In this book written by Neil Donald Walsh about conversations with God, and there's several chapters and several books it's a sequence. I don't know which one, King to Neil Donald Walsh. I'm okay with that. God can talk to Neil Donald Walsh. That doesn't make him special. We believe God talked to Jesus. We believe God, or some believe God talked to Muhammad. We believe that the Dalai Lama is divinely inspired. He's not a god. It's not a religion. It's a philosophy. But nonetheless, We believe in divine inspiration. Frankly, I believe that God talks to me. I may not always listen and I may not hear it right. But I do believe that I have personal contact with God. If that makes me insane, hey, so be it. I used to say to friends, hey, you know what? God has made me so crazy insane, crazy sane. And people listen to me. But now, so Neil Donald Walsh, a guy from the Pacific Northwest, wrote these books. And he kind of let us on that at some point he was going to tell us God's feelings about Hitler. And to me, this message is at its core a statement about how prejudice grows. Because he said, God told him, he was disappointed in Hitler. He was disappointed in the ideas that Hitler advanced. But he was more disappointed in sane people following an insane man. People who knew those things were not kind. We're not true. We're not what God wanted. But people who put on the cloak of religiosity 
and say, hey, they're not Christian, so it's okay. They're not Islam, so it's okay. They're not Jewish. No, frankly, I don't see that too much from the Jews, but I do see it in Israel. Bell about who is right. And everyone seems to think that God is on their side. And let me tell you, folks, God is so disappointed in our ability or our inability to recognize the divine spark he put in each and every one of us. What a brave, brave soul to come to this planet and be different. Because when you are different, you are the focal point for prejudices, for being considered bad. I think I've told you the story that's in one of Neil Donald Walsh's books. He wrote a children's book. I I always call it uh, The Littlest Angel or Littlest Soul, but I'm sure that's not the actual name, but it's a children's book. And in that book he wrote about this little angel that comes upon these beautiful, illustrious angels talking to God. And as he approaches these angels, the little angel is empowered because he's fresh. He hasn't lived life anywhere. He hasn't been judged. He hasn't been treated as though he's less than Not yet. And so he begs God to let him forgive. To experience the feeling of forgiving. And God says, little angel, there's nothing to forgive here. Everything's perfect. And the little angel turns and walks away with his wings pulling on the clouds and sad And disappointed because he really wanted to experience forgiving someone something. Maybe forgiving someone for not being who you think they should be. Forgiving someone for hurting you. Forgiving someone for prejudging you as less than or not enough, or unworthy of life, of humane treatment. In any event, old, wise, illustrious angels stepped out of the crowd, and he said, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. And the little angel goes flying up into the sky, and he is so excited. His wings are now alert, and he says, oh, thank you, thank you. And the old angel says, I ask just one thing. And the little angel says, anything, anything. And this angel had lived everything in life that needed to be lived, had experienced everything. And he said to the little angel, 
remember who I am. So when the little angel forgave him, he forgave him because he remembered that this was a part of God, a divine being, that this was a being of worth and merit. So don't get caught up, my friends. We're coming to only seven minutes left today, and buildings burning. In fact, I'm reading that some people were in there burning buildings. Why? Because they want people to focus on lost property and ignore the lost humanity that is being denied to all citizens in this country and everywhere because of prejudice. I can remember the Watts riots. I'm that old. And I can remember then it was exactly the same thing. They started off outraged at the fact that someone was not treated humanely, and then they quickly failed to recognize the depth of the rage at being treated less than when you're trying to do everything right. Do you know that George Floyd was a, like, security guard maybe he got a tip don't presume he made that money have any of you ever had a fake bill have you passed it were the police called were you thrown to the ground did someone put their knee on your neck and ignore your pleas for air or did they simply take your name and quietly connect and contact you. White privilege is huge in the response of authority and power. But in the end, doing everything that someone believes is right and still being treated as though you are worthless and bad is what that rage is about. That huge horrific roar, the bomb exploding out. Everyone here, everyone listening, I am sure can recall a time when they have been accused of something they didn't do. And the feelings that go with that and the inability to correct that because the more you say I didn't do it the more people look at you askance and the more you are judged and treated as less than because you are defending yourself prejudice is as old as Adam and Eve Prejudice against black people in the United States has been going on since the blacks were first brought here as slaves, as human beings being held in bondage. Prejudices exist. I encourage you. I beseech you. Begin to unwrap the onion and look at yourself. 
admit what you are prejudiced about. Maybe it's just a color. I don't mean in just human beings, but start simple. What cereals do you like? What kind of breads? How do you like your coffee? And go from there. And ask yourself. Start to see the commonality that you pick things that you want to be around because you feel comfortable with the things you believe are best and right. I thank you for joining me today. I'm going to play Be Still Thy Soul again, and I wish you all well and see you next week. Thank you.
go forth this week and give up the need to be right in favor of the need to be kind. You have the power to May peace enfold you, and may you remember that God is with you always, every day, always. You are never alone. You are always all one with God, and each and every one of us has a divine spark within us. And what you need is within you. Turn to that light. Unpeel the onion. Admit your prejudices, especially when they involve other people. And look at why you have them. So at the very least, even if you move forward with prejudices, you will be alerted when you're about to act on them and ask yourself why. I send each of you the eternal peace of God. Amen. Amen.